comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 18 of the DC TV Podcast. I'm your most excellent host, Jim, and with me tonight are John Constantine's personal cigarette seller, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Want a cigarette? I got a Lucy. Man, I haven't heard that in a long time, dude. <laughs> I'm old school. <laughs> and Oswald's, Oswald Cobblepot's personal sushi chef, Mr. Chup Toad Sheldon. Uh, hello. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about another four great episodes of DC TV in the order that they came out. Uh, we have Constantine, of course, the Gotham, uh, the Flash, and the Arrow. Uh, overall, pretty decent week. Not shattering like some of the other weeks that we've had, but pretty good week. Some good shows there. Let's just uh, uh, go ahead and dive right into Constantine. This is episode 12 out of the 13 that we know we're going to get for sure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Angels and Ministers of Grace. This episode takes place almost all in a hospital. And it's also one of the, I, I thought had like more humor in it than any of the other Constantine episodes, especially the stuff when um, Constantine kind of strips Manny of his angelness. Mm-hmm. And he ends up in a, a compromising situation with one of the nurses. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like, he finally gets put back on in mortality, and immediately he's getting some. Um, the short version of the synopsis of Zed goes into the hospital with, with John in search of the Black Diamond, the Eclipso gem, as it were, as it's better known in the DC Comics universe. It's made of, of dark matter that uh, causes a... a um, basically pure evil distilled down you know um for those that aren't you know familiar with the the comic book lore of the eclipso gem and uh while they're at the hospital zed finds out that she has a brain tumor uh in the part of her brain that probably is giving her the psychic visions that she has with with the news of zed's brain tumor and uh constantine kind of falling apart from that uh, uh, he decides to enlist Manny's help, whether Manny wants it or not, by using a uh, a bit of the uh, the the air from of Hades, I think it was, the breath of Hades. It brought Manny to his knees, and he was able to ensorcel him and basically turn him into a human. Uh, he put him into a body of a of a human doctor uh, there at the hospital to help right. him uh, track down this black diamond that he can you know, get himself. Uh, as I said, in that time, Manny uh, gets uh, corpus delicti with uh, one of the, one of the nurses, and he, I really liked in this episode all the little things he keeps noticing that he forgot about when he was an angel. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Well, uh, he well, I like the explanation that when he's in a human body, they're cut off from the from the source, as they say, mm-hmm. the heavenly source. So he, they don't they lose that that part of them. They're like the board connected, and then right, and then the human. The, Right, and he's he yeah. Just it, it, first, it kind of like just really startles him to be out of the presence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you said, the, of the presence of the source or whatever. Uh, but after a while, he kind of gets in the swing. Uh, right. Zed decides not to have uh, surgery to get rid of the tumor that is you know 
if she got rid of the chamber, she might get rid of her visions, and she wants to keep on helping John. John finds out that the wielder of the Black Diamond who's killing people around the, uh, murdering people around the, uh, the hospital is actually a doctor who served in Operation Desert Storm, uh, and is using the, the crystal to kind of keep himself healed and together, but also, you know, this evil is, is thwarting him and causing him to kill people. He recur- with, uh, with the help of Manny, he's able to put a stop to it and take the, the Black Diamond out of the guy. And Manny takes him, uh, now fully angeled up again, uh, takes the man uh, to the afterlife, and John is left uh, with the black with the black diamond. Because you guys know the comics better than I. Um, is this Tumor storyline something, or can you even answer that without spoiling? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember it. the tumor thing. Uh, there are issues with her, but it's not the tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's... I don't. I don't remember the uh, tumor being part of her storyline either. Uh, the father. Uh, there's, there's more things with the with the father and that organization. Right. That's like where her her subplot came from in the comic. Right. I just was wondering if it is actually a tumor and she's having like a, a John Travolta phenomenon type situation. Well, that's or... the first thing I thought of when they when they said tumor. Yeah, me too. If it's that, or if maybe it's some sort of, you know, she's like part of some supernatural something or other that has an extra gland that looks like a tumor that causes her to have extra sensory capabilities. I don't know. But yeah, was, that was the first thing I thought of was Travolta from that movie. I was just like, oh man, is it, as it grows, is her power going to grow stronger? It kind of seems like uh, uh, they're implying that that's where you know that's where her power is coming from, or that the tumor mm-hmm. is in the part of her brain giving her that power. All right, I thought it was you know a trick mean? at first that they were lying in saying she had it, and it wasn't. Yeah, but, when you find out that the doctor is the one with the black diamond, you think that maybe he's trying to subvert her somehow. Yeah, but yeah. it turns out you know it's real, and that she doesn't want to have it treated. She wants to continue to be able to help John. Uh, another good, strong episode of Constantine. Well done. Cool effects. Right. I, I, I thought, like I said, it's probably one of the funniest ones I've seen in a long time, just for all the stuff with Manny and, you know, rediscovering being human and stuff. This marks a couple of times now, because most of, most of the 13 episodes have been, you know, a, a, a kind of a freak of the week while still keeping this overarching storyline going on but we've had a couple and this is one of them where it's focused more just on the characters um as a matter of fact it's almost a bottled type episode where everything is all you know one set location so they probably spent more time developing what the story for this this would be and i I don't know it just it it made me care more about the characters than i had in the previous weeks, so and oh, it, it builds like that. So. Well, on top of that, uh, Zed can see him and talk to Manny. Whatever it is that's a part of her, it allows her to, to talk to him and see him and interact with him. And she seems to be, uh, unlike that's... Constantine, she seems to be very. Um, she loves to talk to him. She feels she feels relaxed and like she's trying to find an inner peace. And there was just a happiness in her face when she was talking to Manny. Well, my question is, did she gain the ability to see him, or did he just now, is he allowing her to see him? I assume that he, at first, she was able to see him because of her gift. So I don't know. I mean, it it could be either now that she's dying, that could be the deal. Well, it seems like, like you guys said, her gift is getting stronger, too. Maybe that's part of it. Because she could see all, you know, she could see all the, the demons and angels and stuff. So I would, 
Right. Maybe that's something that they're going to need as a because if Manny seems to imply that it is something they need, there's there's a purpose with her. Like throughout the whole show, that's always been the case. Right. They've always said that there's a purpose with her, and and John always figured there is something going on and something dangerous for her. Like something's not going to work out, and he's not telling her what you know. Like and Nanny's not telling him what it is. Like there's the, right. whatever that purpose is. You know, the next to the last episode of Constantine, there are rumors flying around it's going to end up on Siffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that comes to pass. That would be awesome. It would. It really would. I think that they'll give it more of a chance. My only concern, I had posted this on our Facebook group, was that, you know, obviously it's going to come with a smaller budget per episode if it goes to sci-fi. So will it, you know, will we see the same show? But on the other hand, the expectations will be lower. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, a show that's a flop on uh, on NBC would be an absolute hit on sci-fi. On sci-fi. True, true. Yeah. CW too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And sci-fi's gotten better. I mean, they, that's they true. Got... I'm sorry. When they want to bring the production values, they do. I mean, look at Battlestar Galactica. Right. Or look at Caprica, look at Helix. Mm-hmm. You know. And they've gotten better with that. The way technology yeah. since then, those shows. So, they, I mean, they had no. And I know CW, I mean, doesn't probably doesn't give a budget for The Flash any bigger than Constantine. They've been doing okay. I don't think so, yeah. Their CGI and stuff. So. Well, I looked at their, their Legion series that has angels and demons and the whole thing. Um, even with that, I, could, I can see um, that they've learning to kind of, when you don't have the money to do certain things, they've kind of learned to... Uh, a better way of learning how to do the the uh, CGI and stuff on TV as it, as it goes. And I'm thinking if this you know becomes like a, a hit on Siffy, this might be a way for them to spin out other things from it, like Doctor Fate or this, you know the yeah the might Spectre be the, or you know the other properties that could you know easily have could, a home there. It could be the place for the supernatural versions of the DCU. Right, everything that was Vertigo before the New Fifty Two, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Ooh, get a Swamp Thing series. Yeah, well, hey, not, hey, they've done it before. Yeah, I've mean, had a Swamp Thing series before. They like horror and super, you know the supernatural and stuff. That's the thing that thrives on on the smaller networks, as opposed to the you know the bigger ones that don't. They just don't know how to how to do that. <laughs> you know, like all the supernatural and you know all the different shows that have worked, Angel. Uh, Buffy and the Vampire Slayer, all those shows are shows that would never, you know, they would not be able to work on any of the, the bigger networks. This is the uh, the second episode of the uh, the Jonathan, or the um, uh, Crane story. Uh, it's called The, the Scarecrow. We, we the, the opening of this episode has an older guy coming home on a, on a really dark and stormy night, and he's uh, attacked by these uh, couple guys who look like devils. It looks like we see a lot of, like, uh, religious iconography uh, around the house, so obviously this is Crane, you know, once again harvesting more of his uh, adrenal fear uh, concoction that we see later. Also, we get, we're getting the continuing story of Fish Mooney, much to your chagrin. <laughs> thought, we, thought we wouldn't see her for a while. This episode we find her in a warehouse, where it looks like a bunch of people are being held prisoner. Tim Gordon and Lee Tompkins coming home from their third date. They, it's kind of implied that he, you know, she's about to invite him over for the night. But uh, she says not tonight because she has a new job to start in the morning. She is the new medical examiner at the GCPD. And they kiss. Dun-dun-dun. Gordon and Bullock go to the scene of the crime that we saw at the beginning of the uh, episode. Corpse has the same surgical incisions as the past victims. 
uh, missing his adrenal glands, just like the other one. We see, uh, you know, as Gordon's wondering what's going on with him, we see Crane grinding up the adrenal glands and creating a serum. It seems like a, a concentrate almost. Uh, he injects himself with that concentrate, and then he uh, sees a hallucination of a woman walking down steps and on fire, calling out to him. Oh, yeah. We then get a shot, uh, a scene of Bruce and Alfred. Bruce is going to go out camping. Uh, he's following a tradition that his father and, and he used to do. They'd go hike uh, on the um, the property and go you know, spend the night out camping. And uh, Bruce is going to keep the tradition going. Uh, he goes off into the woods. We see like a pile of stones that he and his father placed like every time they had uh, had hiked out there, kind of you know passing uh, the same you know tradition or whatever. Uh, he still wants to do it on. Uh, his own. We come to uh, Fish, what used to be Fish Mooney's club, now called Oswald's. Cobblepot's begging Falcone for, for protection, but all Falcone is telling him to do is to fix up the club. And then finally, at the end, he tells him not to worry about Maroney. He will, tell, you know, he will you know, leave Maroney to Falcone. Uh, we then come back to the GCPD. Dr. Tompkins is showing up for a first day of work, and in front of Detective, uh, in front of Captain Essen, they act like they don't know each other. They, uh, we go back to Fish Mooney being uh, held captive. Uh, the guy in the suit's name is Kelly, and... Uh, all of a sudden, it has become her like new Jerome to her Morris Day, as it will, as it mm-hmm. were. And uh, he's like, uh, you know, she is trying to pick out who the boss is. He shows her this guy named Mace. He's a, a big guy. And then back to uh, Jim and Harvey. They go to the school where Crane taught as a biology teacher. Uh, the principal tells him that he was a good teacher, but uh, he lost his wife in a car accident a few years ago. She paints this picture of a really good teacher and a really you know, dedicated man up until that happened. And then uh, he's they realize that through a paper that he wrote that she has in her office that he's harvesting uh, the adrenal glands to basically cure himself of fear. And they discover in the paper there's an extra, there's another test subject, more than one. And we go back to Crane freaking out crazy in the hallway at the burning woman uh, and then tells, uh, his son pops up behind him and he tells his son that it's almost time for him to be cured of fear as well and asks him if he's ready. Creepy. Yeah, it was very creepy. Uh, Murray and Falcone go for a walk on the grounds of Falcone's house. They agree that they're friends for now, but Murray says a sandwich and a stroll is not going to keep him from killing Penguin. Falcone says, so be it. And at this point, I, I really thought Falcone was just going to throw a Penguin to Maroney and be done. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Sure did. That's, That's what I was thinking, too, yeah. yeah. Penguin is redoing the club to make it less Fish Mooney-like. Uh, gets a bunch of invitations, the grand opening. But he says he has one he wants to deliver in person. Meanwhile, back in the warehouse, Fish approaches Mace. Uh, she asks why he's the boss, and he says he's the only one who has a knife, and that's mm. why, and it protects him from the others. She try, you know, she tries to get, uh, you know, work her and insinuate herself in, kind of try to get on his good side. Cobble, Cobblepot shows up with his invitation at uh, at Gotham City Police Department, and we get this awesome scene of him meeting Edward Nigma. Yeah, which was great. That was um, a great scene. Enigma rattles off some like uh, random facts about Emperor Penguins. Of course he does. <laughs> and uh, Oswald tells him pretty much, you know, go away. Put an egg in your shoe and beat it, pal. He uh, offers Jim Gordon the invitation to his club. Tells Kyle Pot, no thanks. And then Os- you know, Oswald says, well, you know, you might need help in the future. I, you know, we worked real well before. And uh, Gordon's like, I don't think so. I shouldn't have. Uh, I shouldn't have even asked you that one time. Gordon throws away the invite. We then see Crane shooting up uh, Jonathan with the serum, and Jonathan screaming in reaction. We uh, we then follow, go back to Bruce Wayne in the woods. He's uh, he's kind of getting angry out in the woods. He's he, um, coming up a hill and then stumbles down a steep grade, and he hurts his leg. He's stranded, and he hears a storm coming in. His ankle's pretty bang, banged up. Falcone and Moroni meet. Uh, Falcone tells Moroni he wants to keep Penguin alive. Falcone says he's clever, and clever enough to know that he'll never be boss. He likes to keep clever around. 
Uh, Maroney says, I'll tell you what, if you whack a judge that I hate and 20, uh, 200 grand, uh, you know, that'll save Penguin's life. Falcone says he can do better than that, and he opens the curtain to reveal the judge that he once whacked behind glass, bound and gagged, and crying and being whipped by a woman and a young man laying dead nearby, with a lot of pictures and video being taken. Falcone caught him with the young man and is now offering to share and torturing him with Maroney, and Maroney likes that. Yeah, very brutal. Yeah, yeah. Like, and only right. 200 grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Much to him. And uh, we then cut to Alfred out in the woods, uh, building a little fire as Bruce like uh, ties up his ankle and... Uh, Makes his way up the hill to find Alfred there, making tea and waiting for him, telling him what mm-hmm. took him so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty pretty weird, you know. Just his his charge was suffering like right down the hill. He didn't like go down to help him or whatever. He just sat there and waited. But that's the, that's kind of this Alfred, you know what I mean? Well, that's an Alfred and and Bruce thing. I mean, when Alf when Bruce is going to go out and fight every night, Alfred can't. You know, he's not going to be able to to go out there and help him. You Why know? do we fall down, sir? So yeah, this kind of this is kind of uh, establishing how it will be when yeah. he when he has to go out and do some impossible things, and so and and he just has to he could be support, but he he's gonna have to let him be out now, there. Now before before Alfred was introduced into the scene, was I the only one that was waiting for Bruce to fall down a hole? Oh no, I, didn't think <laughs> I, I was hoping I, I, he wouldn't. Well, I, I was hoping he wouldn't either because it's a little. I was thinking, well, it's a little early for that. But wasn't he around this age when he first in in at if least Batman Begins? He was, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was, he was. Yeah. So it would have been it would I I, I would have been okay with it, but I was glad that they didn't introduce that. But I really thought that's where it was going. Mm-hmm. And then when yeah. Alfred showed up, I was like, oh, okay. So. Bullock and, and Gordon show up at the Crane House. Crane keeps saying we have to finish the protocol, finish the protocol, and chases Jonathan out. To uh, outside to uh, um, after giving him a huge dose of the drug, uh, he's in this giant hay pile, um, just spasming under a, a giant scarecrow, screaming and howling. Uh, Harvey and Jim draw on Crane. He says he has no fear, and he just walks right at them, and they shoot him down. He go, you know, Gordon goes to help out Jonathan and calls for an ambulance. Opening night at Oswald's, uh, there's a you know an umbrella neon sign. Maroney shows up with his gang. And then I, and you know, Penguin, of course, is very intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells him that he talked with Falcone, all his kosher, as long as Penguin doesn't give uh, Falcone of Maroney's secrets. And then he also tells Penguin they better hope that Falcone lives a long life because the second he's gone, so is Penguin. Oh, yeah. Um, Bruce and Alfred stay out until sunrise, just like Bruce and his dad used to. As Fish is addressing her new minions and trying to organize them against whoever's holding them hostage. Uh, they dump a new woman into the uh, holding pen or whatever where they are, and they've taken out her eyes. Yeah, that was uh, I mean, that was messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had it right the first time. I was oh, like, wow. Wow. I did not expect to see that. We end with Gordon at the hospital. Uh, Jonathan Crane is strapped to a bed. And they're doing everything they can, but they're not sure how long it's going to take until the stuff wears off. And then we end the episode from uh, Jonathan Crane's point of view. Everywhere he looks, that scarecrow is coming at him. That's horrible. I know. That was a really, really creepy way to end it. Like, every direction he looked, the scarecrow is coming from behind the bed or from the yeah. left or the right. It did a good job with it, though. To make that, it. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, very much. Very much. Because, I mean, it takes, you know, usually watching these types of shows and stuff, this grim and other things, it takes a lot to kind of freak me out. And I wouldn't say I was freaked out, but it definitely had me kind of going, whoa. <laughs> yeah, this this scarecrow would be a dangerous scarecrow if that if he has to overcome that when he becomes an adult. 
Like I can only imagine how dangerous he will be. Do you think when uh, Gordon's asking Tompkins to go to the circus that we might be seeing the Flying Grayson soon? I didn't, it ain't no might. I think that yeah, first definitely. thing I did. Yeah. That's going to be Haley's Circus, too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of early for Dick Grayson to be performing, though, wouldn't it be? Well, he's not going to be... I, I mean, he wouldn't even... I mean, because Bruce is, what, 10, 11 in this? Well, remember when they did the casting, they casted the... the the, the parents, but they didn't. There won't be. A, um, I don't think they cast it. Okay, no, he's too young. Races, you know? Well, I wouldn't even think he'd be born yet. No, no, I think I think maybe they allude to one of them might be pregnant. Like that might be something they allude to on the show or something. But that's it. I mean, there's no. Oh, yeah. You think about the age difference between Bruce and Dick? It would almost have to be not. You know, he wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't be right. born yet. Right. Good episode of Gotham. Yeah. Um, I'm. I just wish we. I, I. My only beef was that we we didn't get a break from Fish Mooney for a little while. I kind of have a feeling that Fish Mooney is going to take this little army and then come back to Gotham, which will force people to, which will yeah. force alliances to happen that they don't. You know, people that are not exactly friends. Yeah. I mean, to me, it kind of forecasted. That's what's gonna happen. I, I have to say, when when he told Penguin, when Falcone told Penguin, go ahead and um, decorate this, you know, redo the club, you know, in, in how you want it or or what have you, get the fish Mooney stink out of it. Uh, uh, I was expecting more of an iceberg theme. I did. Yeah, it was a little more punk rock than I thought it would. Yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, the umbrellas and stuff. But you know, he's still young. I want to yeah. make it his gang. I, I'm I'm looking forward to. To out to um, Oswald finally getting his gang together, like who is going to be his right. instrument? Right. Like I'd be very surprised. I wonder if that woman who was really dangerous early on, who came after uh, Bruce, oh Copperhead. Yeah, I wonder. Oh, if yeah. she might even wind up uh, working for him. Down That'd the be line. cool with me. That'd be cool. You're like next season or something if they, you know, because she'd be a dangerous like henchman, man. She would that would he needs something to make him, you know, a little bit more dangerous because he's he's too vulnerable and he always right. has to talk his way out of stuff. He needs his ass the way uh, Falcone has Zaz. Exactly, he does. He he needs that, and he usually he likes women to be his assassins, like like Lex. He likes he likes women to be his. Um, Soldiers, but a good episode of Gotham. Moving some pieces around on the chessboard, uh, closing out the Jonathan Crane story pretty well. I thought good stuff. Uh, yeah, it worked pretty well. I know Barb was coming back though. I've seen some pictures. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Finally, get a good relationship going for Gordon, and now she's rolling back. Because oh. that's why they have to bet. Like the more they work this relationship out, they actually talk to each other. They actually work things out. They. I will like be, he. I will bet anyone five dollars that she's indignant that he's dating someone else after what he she did to him. Oh, not just oh, of course. Not, well, I saw a. Oh, you see her? She's gonna get vindictive. Is probably what's gonna happen. Yeah, I saw a caption of her with cat. Really? Yes, that's the caption I saw. She was helping him like a. She was like uh, putting a something on her, like a um, some type of hat or something. Well, like, so it bet. looks like it'll be a my fair lady type of thing. Like she's trying to to be in society. Something like that, you know, how to dress. I wouldn't surprise me if she come, Barbara comes home and discovers that Kat's been squatting there. Yeah, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And then her crazy is enough to to meld with Kat's crazy mm-hmm. and 
convinces her to do like a mentor mentee type relationship and turns you know this could be the turning point where cat goes from just a, a a homeless stealing to survive to the actual this could be that beginning point well they're both broken i mean i can oh really yeah see that i can you know i can see their connection because they're both pretty broken they don't have you know that 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 familiar that family sense of family neither one of them have it like cat can't accept even she can't even accept help you know when people really do care about her she can't right she can't deal with it and i think barbara's the same way she can't deal with with people who really do care and love her like she 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 rejects it eventually because that's what she thinks she wants right that's like, exactly when, like for you know a perfect example you know when she thought she wanted no secrets between her and Gordon. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it turned out, no, that's not what she wanted. That's what she well, thought she wanted. Not even just that, but Gordon, he, he gave her full support and love. Even when she told her all the stuff she did, being with Montoya, not telling him, she he still was supportive of her. She can't handle that. Cannot handle. She cannot handle someone actually loving her, even even with false and all. She just can't do it. Like she, she, she just cannot. She hates herself too much to do it. To to let somebody love her like. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? I am fine. How are you? They said, "How are you?" And they are fine. I can hear them in the headphones. You can't hear them. Good. I, Mommy is filming you talking about Batman and Wonder Woman today, huh? Yeah. What did you say? I said, I I liked Wonder Woman. I was filming in it. With the what? With the villains in it. Yeah, you don't like the villains, huh? No, I really do not like the villains. I no. like Ghostface on Batman because he is very funny and goofy. Yeah, he was the villain on Batman last night. Yeah, and he, he was, was funny goofy and, and goofy to me. Yeah, but you're afraid of the Joker, huh? Yeah, and the Riddler. And the Riddler. And the Riddler. Ooh, they're yeah. You, yeah. don't want to like, you don't want to be around them. Okay, who, who who do you like better? Do you like Batman or Wonder Woman? Who do you like better, Vio? Batman or Wonder Woman? Both. Oh, I like good. That. I like good I, answer. I like them both. Good answer. <laughs> They're all saying goodbye. Goodbye. We watch uh, Adam West Batman every uh, Saturday night, and then uh, the beginning of Wonder Woman. But she's usually getting too tired by eight o'clock to watch the whole thing. Well, eight o'clock is late for her. It is. Yeah. You know, all that partying and stuff all day long. She can't. Uh, can't be up all night long. And her little brother loves The Brave and the Bold. And I had it on for him uh, earlier today, and my wife was like, hey, this is actually a pretty good cartoon. I'm like, yeah, I know. Is he going to watch point. the new ones? You saw the little... The little uh, I did. The new yeah, yeah, the Super Friends will probably be all over that. So will Vio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's shorts, too, so it'd be easy. You could just... Have you pointed out to her the ridiculous painted-over mustache of Cesar Romero? You know, I don't think the, she notices that. How can yeah. there's no reason she to just, be afraid of a man who paints his mustache? Well, I had a problem with that when I was a kid. Yeah, she's just as scared of the Joker in, in general. So, any more about Gotham? Uh no, I think we. Yeah, I think you knocked it off. I think, yeah, yeah. Just a really good episode, I thought. Let's talk about The Flash. Oh, this was so good. Oh, this was so good. Is it just me, or is this always our favorite episode to talk about every episode, or every podcast? It it, it, it seems like every time we get to The Flash, we're like, (laughs) yeah, Flash. Well, I I have a question for you. Mm. 13 episodes in, have we had even a 
close to mediocre episode of The Flash. I mean, they've all been good or, you know, some better than others, but you can't think of any of the 13 that it was like, why did they bother doing that? No, you there's know? no Balloon Man episode for Flash. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they don't do Balloon Man episodes, I noticed. This episode was called The Nuclear Man. We don't know who that is. The Team Flash is attempting to track down Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie Raymond, of course, Caitlin uh, Snow's fiance, who they thought died in the particle accelerator explosion. But they're tracking him down because they, he and inadvertently injures a physicist whose help he is trying to enlist. Uh, and it turns out that uh, Dr. Martin Stein is in control of Ronnie's body. Uh, they, by going and talking to the, his wife, they're able to talk uh, Stein slash Ronnie into coming back to the lab for testing. We finally got Firestorm. It's interesting to me, though. He Did he kill that physicist at the beginning? No, they were putting him. him in the ambulance, and he was he had like uh, third degree burns. I think they said. Yeah, he was alive. Yeah. The next, uh, the other plot line we have going through this episode: team of Joe and Cisco, mm-hmm. science detectives. They uh, they get together, and Joe wants to go to the scene of Barry's mom's murder, the house that they used to live in, and you know to see if there's any kind of clues, you know, maybe that Cisco could help you know, bring to light. Right. They get there, and. Uh, the place is owned now by a uh, very att- attractive uh, divorcee. Yeah, I just said, uh, Cisco, I need you to look at the perimeter outside. <laughs> yeah, go check it out. Scoop it out 100 yards away every direction. <laughs> Take your time. No, uh, the funny yeah. the funny part, yeah. I love that line in this where Joe is like obviously scoping her out because she's about his age or whatever, you uh-huh. know, age appropriate for him. And uh, Cisco looks at him and goes, I don't, I don't judge you. <laughs> I like Cisco. Cisco's, Cisco's like, I a good judge wingman. Cisco's a pretty smart man. Yeah. He's a wingman. He's totally a good, good wingman. Man. He's like, uh, yeah, go, go ahead, Joe. Go out with her. They, are, they don't find really anything of physical evidence, but then Cisco discovers that there's an old mirror in the home with silver nitrate in the back of it, and they think that they might be able to find captured images on that nitrate that have reacted to the super speed in the house. Um, they also find. Uh, by after doing that, they create able to create like what looks like a hologram, almost a three-dimensional projection of what was happening in each of these frames, quote unquote, of these layers of, of silver nitrate, and uh, that leads them to a um, a patch behind uh, some wallpaper of blood, and there's like blood spatter on the wall. So they take a sample of that, and Joe asks Cisco to compare it to Doctor Wells, mm-hmm. but Cisco kind of sees this as a betrayal of Wells. Right. Like, oh, you know, how can you think that Dr. Wells is involved? And Joe's pretty much just like, humor me, you know. Uh, meanwhile, we go back to the uh, the firestorm dilemma. Dr. Wells realizes that uh, Ronnie and Dr. Stein's atoms are in conflict. If it continues, they're going to go nuclear. Like, he will explode like a nuclear bomb. You know, they, they really have no answers. And uh, they you know, are considering taking him to a remote location to let him just die and explode. But Caitlin gives an impassioned speech to Wells about how there are always options and they have time. You know, to figure something out, they're gonna, you know, they should be able to work something out. Damn right. And then Wells goes into his little time travel room, and then take, um, asks the computer if he can repurpose part of his tachyon device to make a quantum splicer to stabilize Ronnie and Doctor Stone's bodies and separate the two. And the computer says yes, but it'll take you off your timetable. To which he replies, you know, if he goes nuclear, there won't be any timetable. You know. So I thought that was interesting, that he's willing to sacrifice his own mission. See, and that's throwing me off with him, man. It's making like, me he... so mad. Are you evil? Are you totally evil or not evil? Well, it's there's like... another reveal, too. Let's let's yeah. wait till the other reveal at the end, and then we'll really you know, hash it out about that. 
Yes. But yeah, he's willing to you know to take you know part of his own tachyon uh, device and you know to stabilize Ronnie's body to help Doctor Snow. I have a little theory there, but I'll save it for the end. Okay, uh, Doctor Snow, they, uh, the the Flash takes. Uh, they realize that Ronnie and uh, have gone. Ronnie and Steiner have fled the uh, you know the Star Labs compound, and uh, Flash and Caitlin catch up to him. Caitlin you know, says, "Please let me try to help you at least," and puts the quantum splicer on his chest right where the atom is for the firestorm uniform and it was the same shape too with six parts coming off of one i don't know if you guys noticed that no I, I no no it's like very reminiscent of the if you look at the the way the common splicer looks on his chest it looks it looks a lot like the circles on firestorm's uniform oh i did i did catch that I yeah did. it's like the same <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah i'm looking I at did. it right now okay yeah, i see what I you're saying yeah they put the quantum device on him and ronnie's body still goes nuclear but they're safely away from the city and uh but the nuclear explosion of course alerts general eiling and he obviously knows all about firestorm because he told he orders a team to recover firestorm sure by name finally at the end cisco runs the blood samples tells joe that neither is from dr wells but one is from Barry, an adult Barry, because it has a build, a build up in the the blood that only an adult Barry would have that a child Barry would not. So, Doctor Wells is not the man in yellow who killed his mom. Now, oh, Doctor Wells is being altruistic, you know, putting his own like mission aside so he could save Caitlin's boyfriend. I don't know. Well, is I he th- the reverse Flash or not? Well, I, I think he is the reverse Flash, and I'm thinking that the reason that they found that blood ma- who, that matched Barry is because Barry was actually the there a second time around via Flashpoint type plotline. The other piece, though, is I think that at some point either Wells needed something to happen with uh with firestorm or there there's something or or he knows that barry will end up risking himself and getting killed or something by trying to stop something along those lines that if he doesn't stop him from going nuclear it's going to put it's going to completely change his timeline which is what they say but that timeline being you know, he has a certain point to get to and then go back and do what he's going to do or something like that. But in order for that to happen, Ronnie or, uh, you know, Dr. Stein, Stein, Dr. Stein, one of them is important to his timeline somehow. So if he let them die, I, I don't know. But I, I don't think that it's an altruistic kind of, you know, giving of himself type action i think it's if he doesn't do it then it's going to ruin something else in his plans besides just moving his timeline well he does say you know if he doesn't do this there isn't going to be a timeline yeah to the computer that's like the line that it says so uh, that kind of does it does fit in with what you're saying so i just thought it was really out of character not in a bad way but in a mystifying way like why would you do that yeah but he always throws something like that out there like he'll he'll do something dark but it'll be but he'll still do something or seem to do something altruistic. And so, and the other thing is, if the blood isn't Wells at the you know Barry's mom's murder, whose is it? I thought they matched it to Barry. They matched no, they matched one of the samples to an adult Barry. That's your red blur, right? Yeah. Another sample they that? said come, came from the yellow blur, but they say it's not Wells. And I think somehow they're. Uh, uh, Which McCall is going to get shot or something? 
in the next episode or so. And they'll uh, somehow the, the blood will have to be matched. It, it'll accidentally get matched, and we'll find out that it's the it's um what's his name? The, Dawn. The cop. It, it's Don's blood, which will throw us all off because it makes no sense. Yeah, I don't even you know if he even if he did take Iris away from him or whatever, why would he even you know commit murder? It doesn't seem like in his character at all. Exactly. Like it's a, I swear the, the the one great another great thing with the special effects is him running away from that explosion carrying Caitlin was incredible. Yeah. 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 That was a great shot. I'd love that shot of him running the 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 screen you you see him at the end he's running carrying her. That was just amazing. I I loved it. Like I I got psyched when I saw that. Yeah, that was a really cool scene. I liked uh, uh, Robbie Amell as uh, as uh, as Ronnie. Mm-hmm. I thought he was cool. He, the way he played yeah. himself as Stein in Ronnie's body or whatever. And um, yeah, yeah, I thought that he pulled that off pretty well. And it, uh, yeah, that would have been easy to mess up. I love the team of Joe and Cisco working together. I love the team. I love detectives. I, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, they need to have like a half hour sitcom spinoff of just those two, the Joe and Cisco show or something i was really it. enjoying them no doubt and then the whole th- stuff with the divorcee or whatever it was cool that might set up something for Joe. yeah right like um it. the other the other subplot in this episode is with uh barry and uh, linda park i love it the shade that oh my god the shade that they go that out, they go out of, right they go out on a date mm-hmm. barry's worried about his super speed physiology not being up to par for uh, romantic encounters. I'm trying to put this as delicately as I can. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not always good being the fastest man alive. How about that? So the first time he like seriously makes out with Linda, he uh, gets a call as the Flash and escapes and runs away. And then Linda talks to Iris about him, and Iris very openly hints, without saying you know outright, that you know she, Barry's still pining away for her. He did some late. She did some lady shade. She right. She's like, things. well, you know, he's still he had a unrequited love, and he never quite got over, and he's still not over mm-hmm. all this other stuff. You know, she I, might as well have had a big neon arrow blinking, pointing at yeah. her while she was saying that. Exactly. <laughs> and she kind of threw it out there, like, and, and it was such a great love that I don't think he'll get over that. And then uh, Barry later confronts her about it. It's like, what are you trying to do, man? Why are you only my game? He puts yep. her on Front Street. He puts yeah. her on Front Street. He's like, first of all, listen, you didn't want this. Like, you, you're done. And on top of that, I ain't even in love with you like that no yep. more. He says he's over it. I'm over you. And Iris doesn't seem like she is because when he goes back with a grand gesture to, to win Linda back to get her to go out with him again. Eat that pepper. Yeah, eating that ghost pepper. Um, Iris is like up in the balcony looking down. Well, you know what? It, it's disdain and kind of, and again, throw a lot of shade. He's never had a real girlfriend because he's he's pretty much been devoted to her for all this time, right? And she's enjoyed that, like she's enjoyed being the center of her his attention. And now, um, that's that's it, she doesn't have that attention anymore, and it bothers her. It really bothers her. She doesn't like that. But you know what? Get over it. Yep, he's hey man. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're good together. I like that actress. Yeah, I do too. I think they work, I, they're good together in the show, mm-hmm. so I hope they they keep with her for a while. I do too, man, because they really they, keep, they do really yeah. work out well together. It would be something if if she finds out about him being the Flash before Iris does. And the more I think about him, like you know, you know, getting with his foster sister, that just seems kind of creepy. 
Yeah, there's that, and you know, I try not to think about it too much. Yeah, I don't. I don't think about it too much either. But the more I think about it, the more I think you should be with either Caitlyn or Linda. I just, I just, it's so cool to see some chick who friend zones, friend zones, friend zones, and then mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, forbidden fruit, and then she gets friend zoned by him. I'm like, yeah, right mm-hmm. on, Barry. Um, so that's the episode of the Flash. Mm-hmm. Again, another really good one, throwing us a few more clues about the reverse flash and the, and the murder and everything. All right, now let's get to Arrow so I can get mad. Okay, well, wait a minute. One more Before we actually get to Arrow, I think mm-hmm. I'd like to ask Mr. Richard Sheldon about a certain Mr. Stephen Amel that he got to meet last weekend. What? At Dallas Fan Days. If you look on the DCTV podcast group, there's an awesome picture of him uh, together yeah. with the arrow himself steven so how was it what was it what it was like is he cool dude what did you guys go did you guys go do p uh p90x later or you know did his oh, abs don't you like know it. don't you know it? He, he 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 needed some uh workout advice from me you know mm. so. of course of course he wanted to know how to get into shape like me. So. Right. Did you slip him your number? Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. Round is a shape. Round is a shape. Don't judge. <laughs> I got it too. Like, I was going to say, Daryl, none of us What you talking about? None of us are paragons of virtue. I'm with the round. I'm round right now. Oh, no. He was he was really cool. Really cool. I mean, I didn't get to spend a lot of time talking to him. You didn't slip your number to him to give to? Well, I did give him my card. I did give him my card you know and i you know and i asked him you know what does um, this is friendly that like. so, <laughs> it was cool though because uh you had him and then right next to him his booth was john borrowman and then right next to him was uh name is slipping my mind diggle david ramsey yeah david ramsey he was going to be john stewart green lantern in the movies so there was a lot of people asking him questions about that and him denying it up and down i don't know just it, the way he was denying it though it was kind of leaving things open I wish a little he would bit be. i wish he would be i would love it I oh i i think he'd be fantastic yeah it was cool i you know i i i told him i said you know what i appreciate uh you know, you being one of the many cogs in in getting the superhero TV stuff going again and going in a good direction, and mm-hmm. you know, and he says, you know, he was talking about how much he loved it and everything, and of course, there were a couple of Irving police officers there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing for you know to keep the the crazies out and all that. So he was joking back and forth with them about uh, you know don't fail this city and all this stuff. So it was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, really nice guy. Um, took a lot of time uh, with with everybody and spoke with everyone. Did you um, tell him you did a podcast about his show? Yes, I yeah, I oh. sure did, and oh. handed him my card. But uh-huh. you know, so. what did he say though? He didn't. He didn't... Oh, he yeah, cool, whatever. I mean, he he didn't really acknowledge that so much. You need a kid. Yeah. You should have brought a kid with you. <laughs> He's I, I, yeah. Or he could have yeah. been like Ziggo and dressed up like him. Yeah, you should have did that. I, he, I don't know if you want to see Chapto dressed up like him. <laughs> well, and there was this woman, I guess, I don't know, about six months ago or so. She had a miscarriage or something. I'm not sure. But um, she had she had written him or tweeted him or something like that, you know, about about something he had done that inspired her or something. And she told him his story or her story. And. Um, anyway, he, he VIP'd them there and then had this whole deal with them. And it was kind of cool just to show how, how good of a guy he is. You know, see just, what I mean? You see what I mean? 
That's what I'm talking about. See? You know, we we get we we get the the Stephen Amells, the Chris Evans, the Chris Pratts, and and all these others that you hear of. You know, that are just going out and they're doing this stuff. They're having fun with it, but they're also, you know, bringing smiles to people's faces. They're using their celebrity and their hero status to be really heroes. So it's kind of cool. Um, I was going to say the highlight of the con for me though was I got to spend some time with Nichelle Nichols, but. She's not mm. DC related, so. But that was cool. Yeah, I saw the picture of you with Michelle Nichols, and who was the other one you got your picture with? Oh, that Somebody was from a, Doctor a, Who. Um, that was um, Laurel's mom, uh, Alex Kingston. Oh, right. Or uh, what's your face from Doctor Who? River Phoenix. Yeah. River Phoenix. River, 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 River Phoenix. Song. River Song. Not River yeah, Phoenix. River Song. Yeah, she's a yeah, and and for people that might not know that who that is, if you watched ER, she was the actor on actress on er for a long time as well i was a little disappointed because billy piper was supposed to be there and then she canceled last minute and then Damn Kingston it. came. but you know it's all right i like her though i always, always like her yeah oh yeah oh let's talk about it this uh, week's uh, episode of era so daryl can get mad daryl do you want to get mad first before we break into the episode or do you want to no I, I want people to know why i'm mad so they'll do the synopsis and then when we get to at okay. the end Discuss it. Um, we start off with the episode with uh, with the, uh, an open of Laurel getting the crap beat out of her by Sarah. Mm. And Sarah saying a lot of nasty things to her. Yes. Immediately I'm thinking, oh God, another Vertigo episode. Great. What I was thinking was I was saying the same thing Sarah was. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. <laughs> uh, then We then see the tagline 48 hours earlier. Mm. Um, Aaron and Canary on the streets fighting crime. They're butting heads because Aaron doesn't want her out there. And uh, she says, well, you can't stop me. And, 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 and whatever. And <laughs> I'm sorry. She's <laughs> so annoying. She did do the na na na. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm tells Queen that uh, that Raish will be coming and they need to let Thea know what's going on. Diggle warns telling Thea about her, about you know Queen being the arrow could result in losing her. We then see a flashback. Uh, Maceo telling Queen they have to leave town immediately and that he's going to get out on a... a, um, a a ferry boat to Shanghai, and then he needs to get out of here there right away. Um, he tells Queen, you know, to contact his family. Maybe then Waller will be less likely to torture him to death for the information about where Maceo and Tetsu went. Uh, Queen tries to call his family, and that doesn't work out. Uh, we see Ver- Werner Zeidel, Count Vertigo. Ugh, I hate this guy. Uh, I'm sorry, I've never liked this villain in this show, ever. There's never been a time. And the whole thing about the Vertigo bringing out your, your fears or whatever. I just never bought that either. Never really done it. Mm-mm. Sorry. It's not not a fan. No. I like the actor, though. That's... The actor's cool, but it's just the, the character yeah. and the way he plays him out. It's just kind of... Yeah. I, I don't like it. I try to like him just because I like the actor, but yeah, I agree. He's kind of ridiculous. Seidel uh, uh, gets the guards whacked down on Vertigo. The one guard pulls out a gun and starts shooting at the reporters. Uh, Laurel knocks him out with a punch while she's being filmed by the media. Um, Queen brings Thea down to Team Arrow and reveals to her that he is the Arrow. This has been a long time coming. And they handled that well. I'm glad they did. Yeah, I'm so glad it wasn't like, you lied to me. I'm not going to talk to you for three episodes now. You know. Well, like and that. the thing I like the most about that is I fully expected it to be that you lied to me and not talked I to it. So did I. So, I did so the fact that they didn't is what made it even sweeter. She handled it in a mature, like she, well, I guess because of how we, she will act later, they, they show her handling it in a mature manner just so they can negate it all the way later on 
when other stuff happens, but she she handled it so well. I was like, is this is this the Thea that I want to see? The, the stronger, the mature, you know. She 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 thinks things through instead of just you know being emotional about everything. But wait, but wait, here here comes the next part. <laughs> uh huh. But she's uh, she basically thanks him. Uh, then Merlin arrives and they talk about Rachel Ghoul. Arrow and, and Merlin think the only way they can their best chance is to work together. But Thea doesn't trust Malcolm. No. All of a sudden. Now this is the same one. This that... is now this is what bothered me. It's just like wait a minute. Mm. Now, last episode, she was all fine with Merlin. Killing all those people. Right, and, and like, training with him and having him stay there where he, she was and all this other stuff. Now, this episode, all of a sudden, she's the one who doesn't trust him? Mm-hmm. Killed your... I mean, just, 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 just killed a whole bunch of... I mean, like, to the way she he did it, he killed, he killed hundreds and almost thousands of people. Tried to kill more, mm-hmm. and he couldn't. He's murdered and threatened your family eons. How many eons? Uh, your mother, who just was murdered not too long ago, but earlier than that, he had threatened her to kill her many times. I'm pretty sure he told her all that. You know, Oliver kind of got that information to her. Um, lied to you, manipulated you. That's all good. That's fine. That's fine. Um, it's just like all of a sudden now she's... She, it just seemed like she she flipped a switch and went from pro-Merlin to anti-Merlin right. in this one well, episode. Well, it's like, okay, I could beat you, I could kill people, I could, in, you know, do all these evil things, but I don't bring dinner home at a certain time. That's the line that you cross that you get mad now. Like, that, well, that's, that's the one. That's the thing, and, and I like the Thea character or I, overall, but the one thing with her, she flip-flops more than a Mitt Romney presidential campaign. She, I mean, and it's not just on this. It's it's this way with everything. It, you know, one, at one moment, she's good with her mother, and then she's not good with her mother, then she's good with her mother, then, you know, she she likes Roy, she doesn't like Roy. Well, she, how could you care? Like She flip-flops is. back and forth on everything, mm-hmm. and she seems to how be that, char- that one character where we're supposed to just, you know... Like like they're telegraphing to us as the audience, this is how you should be feeling about these characters right at this moment. And we don't. What gets me is you're so proud of your your brother and you care so much that he goes out to save people, to save people's lives every day. But how can you just negate that your father made a doomsday machine and it murdered all these people like i just can't get past that like either you're evil and you don't care about that kind of stuff or you do so you would hate you should hate him like i, I just it, it bothers me i don't know what this whole uh her morality it's just it it's it's waves and bobs with the wind i don't i don't get it like what what is the line that gets crossed that keeps you from you know, hating him or li- or liking him, I don't get it. I don't understand why. I just don't understand why the turn. Like up until this point, she's like training with him, cool with yes. him, and everything else. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, you know, now that they're about to be killed by the League of Assassins, and he could actually be, you know, come in useful somehow. Now she's gonna, you know, spur him or whatever. And it's only because you, he lied to you and didn't tell you that he knew that your brother was the Arrow. Yeah, that's your problem. That's the reason. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like she didn't know he was, you know, not exactly on the on the, the side of good the whole time she's been training with him and everything. And she's going to attribute her excuse to, well, he saved me that day. 
Well, yeah, he saved you, like Daryl said, while trying to kill hundreds of thousands of people. I, I'm with you, Jim. I, 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 I think I see where it makes sense for maybe where they're going to go plot-wise with this whole deal, but they needed to write that transition of her getting pissed off at Merlin in a different way. I mean, it, 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 there needed to be more things that slowly were revealed that he was doing. Now that she knows that Ollie is who he is, he could give her more perspective or possibly um, Felicity, who's definitely not a fan of Merlin, would give her more uh, perspective on what Merlin is and what he's done that she didn't know about. And then that turned her against him. But to just flip on a dime like this, it was a little odd. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Uh, in the flashback, uh, Queen uses a payphone to leave his mom a voicemail, but Waller's operatives grab him and take him uh, and take him down. Laurel comes in in the present day. Laurel comes into Team Arrow with the lead. The, the reporter is the one who passed the vertigo on to um, the the guy who uh, opened fire. Um, they go to the reporter's house, uh, Queen and Laurel, uh, as you know Arrow and Canary, and uh, he's got a bomb strapped to his chest. He said Zydal threatened his family, and they escaped the explosion. Just in time. Right. Queen convinces Thea that Malcolm is a necessary evil to defeat Rachel Ghoul, but she says she won't trust him. I'm not sure mm. why. Exactly. Exactly. In the flashback, Waller tortures Queen for mm-hmm. info about Maceo and Tatsu, and then he finally gives in and tells her, you know, where the ferry, you know, the ferry they were taking. Lance, uh, det- Captain Lance tells his daughter Laurel about the conversation he has with Sin. Yes, about Sarah, but Laura doesn't say anything at this point. Queen plays the tracker on Laurel, which leads them to the fact that she's tracked Zydal down, stealing some chemicals. And Laurel gets hit with vertigo before Arrow and the rest of the team get there. And then uh, she goes um, into a thing where she's fighting Sarah instead of Zydal. Uh, Arrow and Arsenal help her and you know show up and, and save her. Uh, they bring Laurel back to the team at Arrow HQ, and she's beat to hell. Queen tells uh, you know, tells Thea to leave, but Roy's like, hey, you know, you brought her into this. This is part of the team. You know, she's part of it now. Uh, everything's changed after, you know, you, everybody thought you were dead. It's not just his operation to run. It's every. It's more of a democracy. And uh, she says, oh, you know, he says, please, just you know, leave. You don't want to see this. We go back to the flashback where Waller's holding captivity. It turns out that uh, you got Maceo as well. Maceo lied to Queen about where they were going and had gotten away, but came back to save Queen because he found out that he was uh, being tortured and captured by Waller. Well, you know, Thea is kind of mad about Oliver sending her away, so she uh, goes to uh, have sex with uh, indiscriminate sex with DJ Chase, um, leaving Roy behind. Right, right. Uh, they go to her apartment and they show them in you know, in bed after or in the big couch afterwards. Uh, he pours her some wine and she smells arsenic in the wine. Right. And then Thea realizes that he's trying to poison her, and they fight. And this is her moment, yes. Right, this and all moment. Thea's training is for naught, because Chase ends up overpowering her, he's about to kill her, and then Malcolm comes in and saves her butt. Malcolm Not only does he about to kill her, but she begs for her life. Yeah, right. And then uh, Merlin and Roy come in and save her butt. I was so... And then DJ Chase kills himself. Yeah. Uh, to cover up, yeah, so he, he can't be tortured. She's so willing to just throw her her learning with her father away, just just despite him for keeping the secret about her brother when he um, indirectly just saved her life at, by by her utilizing the skills with the wine that she, that he taught her, and then turns around and actually saves her life, and she's still being a. 
I don't get this family. I just don't get it. We get a scene with uh, Queen and talking to Laurel, saying, you know, he's come to an understanding that, you know, it's more than just him now. It's, you know, it's, it's this whole, the whole group. Felicity tagged one of the drums as Idol stole, which leads them to his new Vertigo manufacturing place. Uh, Arrow and Canary show up to put a stop to things. Uh, Zydel blows the facility and runs off, but they're able to save the scientists that Zydel have been working, forcing to work for him. Uh, once again, Laurel is hit with Vertigo. Not only does she, she, she see Sarah this time, but she also sees her father. But she fights through it and beats Zydel up into unconsciousness. Uh, Laurel goes to see Captain Lance in his office and tells him that Sarah is dead. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. He collapses into his chair and comforts him. The assassination attempt, attempt changed Thea's mind. Malcolm tells Queen and Thea that the three of them need to leave town for a few days for training. Uh, Queen tells Team Arrow he's confident the city will be safe in their hands. Uh, the episode ends in a flashback with Queen waking up in a car with Waller and Maceo as they drive into Starling City. So, go ahead, Daryl. Uh, first of all, I, the writers bothered me. I don't understand why you go through all these... So You wasted so much time in the early episodes of having Thea train with her father to be stronger, to not be a victim, to not give in to the fear. And then the first time she gets a chance to do this, why couldn't you Why couldn't you have had her beat this guy, eventually beat him, even if it's barely, but have, him be, have her beat this guy and then have somebody else tougher come in and go, I've trained longer than this guy, and we have plenty of people that could take you out. Like, you're not safe. And then her father comes to rescue her, and then she has to admit that, okay, I do need to, to train with my father. I do not understand. If you're trying to make strong female characters out of, out of the, the one character, the two that you have, you have Felicity, and you had, um, you had the original uh, Canary there. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah. You had Sarah. Those were two strong female characters you have on that show. And you killed Sarah. And we're left with Laurel, who's still weak in my eyes. She's still not a strong character to me. No. She still doesn't come off as, as being a, as being that strong character who's come out of so much. She still can't even fight. Like, they still have her just throwing the, the stick at people, basically. Like, just slamming the stick up and down. Like, that's all she's really doing. I do not understand all of this. Like, they, like they put so much time and effort into scenes, and then they just negate them later on like i don't why waste that time i just do not understand it and why have thea who was okay with this guy murdering a whole bunch of people in the glades now be upset not only did she not not only did she co-sign on on her father who murdered all these people but she went against her brother she went against her ex-boyfriend she went against her friends to defend this guy and then turn around just because he didn't tell you that her brother's secret was that she was he was the arrow, and you felt like he manipulated you to leave town to teach you how to fight. That's your that's your thing. Like that's the line that you that made you angry. Now with this guy, all the blood on his hands. That's fine. But he lied to you about that thing. That one thing that wasn't even his secret. That was his brother's secret. And that's your line. I do not understand. It. Explain this to me, people. I wish I could. I do not understand this at all. It doesn't make sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. What happened to character development? I don't get it. 
Well, that's like I said before, I think it's going to link up to something that they have planned later that this that this little riff needed to be there. But it's like you were saying and I was saying in a different way earlier is they just needed to develop it better. It needed to it needed to go. It couldn't just go from point A to Z straight. It needed to have, you know, some points in between there to give more of a buildup of her hatred, because, I mean, she's thanking her brother who's kept it a secret for saving people's lives when like you said you know there's a lot of blood on merlin's hands and whatnot but he has done some somewhat redeemable actions you know and one of them being saving her life probably more than once and she's just you know instantly gonna turn on him i don't know i I don't know I, and I do not understand making this watch. Laurel is not working. I, I don't, I, they're trying. I have no offense to, to the actress, Katie Cassidy, but it's just not working. I don't, I think she really, I don't think the way they're showing us, the training that they're showing us is not working for me. I think she needs to go away for a while and come back trained. I really do. I don't. I don't think. And then taking on the canary, I just can't. It just because you had such a strong canary before her. Usually, when you do something like this, you have a character and then a mentor come. You know, the 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 character comes in, plays this thing, and then they pass away or whatever. And then they have someone take the mantle. Usually, whoever takes the mantle, there is something to it where they they fit that part. They fit it. You know, it, it be they take over that journey and then they become that new superhero, that new character. She just doesn't fit it. Like she, you can tell she's not a fighter. She, this actress is just not a physical person. I was the just, best. I was just like Arrow in this episode. I didn't, I didn't want her on the streets. I didn't want her in the carrier uniform. I didn't want her fighting. She's and, not physical, and you can tell yeah. by I can tell when it's a stunt person doing the fighting for her, and I can tell when it's her. Oh, There's yeah. a stiffness to it that she just she just doesn't come off as someone who naturally can do the moves that the other people can do. Like Sarah has it down. She was a dancer in real life. She's a dancer, and she's learned uh, fighting before she came to the show. So she already had that stuff down. It was natural for her to do this. But this actress, when you picked her, I'm sorry, you didn't pick an actress. You chose to pick an actress that looked like a CW person. As yeah. opposed to picking an actress who could do the action, you know, do the do the acting and the action. You just don't have that. So I leave her as support. Like, why <laughs> do you have to push her as being Black Canary when she just doesn't, it doesn't look right. Her best action scene was when she wasn't the canary and she punched the guy in front of the cameras. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is almost more of a fitting place for her to have that type of scene. Not right. being a costume vigilante who looks good in leather pants. It's just, um, I don't know. I don't know. They're falling back. Arrow used to be by number one, man. And yeah. It's starting to... Well, I mean, in the, when you compare it to The Flash... You know, it, it pales in comparison. Really you know? mm-hmm. I mean, there were some well, good things. There were some good things about this episode. I mean, there's always. I mean, good Oliver stuff. finally let Thea know what's going on with him being the Arrow. I mean, that's huge. And then taking her to the island, and then mm-hmm. she turns into you were getting burned like five or six episodes ago. 
they were burning you. Your father was doing all different things with you. Like, they have so many opportunities to show us that she did have some sort of training. You had you had more training than the average person. It wasn't like you just went to karate class for a month or two and that was it. Like, you had serious training day-to-day with swords, with sticks, with fire, with pain. You were taught this. You get to the island and you're crying like a baby again. I well, I, I mean it. You know it, it. It it there were bugs and sticks and stuff. She had more. <laughs> I would say this. She had more day to day formal training than Oliver did when he um, was on the island up until that point. You know, like he started well, learning a little bit about fighting. She had more day to day training and everything because they had to do it quick with him. Like he only he had more training in doing a bow and arrow and throwing a series of hits, punches and kicks, but he really didn't have the training that he really needed to. So you know that's coming. But she had more training than that. And still, why do they keep reverting her back to old Speedy? Well, and she was, you know, like to your point, I mean, she was trained not just day to day, but through the entire day. day Yes. I mean, from wake from from wake up to 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 sun, you know bedtime. I mean, it was just constant, you know, lesson after lesson. Maybe not every one of them fighting, but not only that, but but you're being trained by one of the uh, elite who was trained by the supposed best on the planet. He can beat Oliver. You know, <laughs> this is I, a guy that could beat Oliver. I mean, I'm not because normally you would think is what was she down there eight months. In South America, uh, maybe. something like yeah, that. It was and, like six and, months, and then it maybe like a, t- a total of a year has passed now, mm-hmm. something like that. So I mean, that's not a long time, but when you're training like that with the be- one of the best of the best, you yes. know, I mean, yeah, that bothers me. Like we've had we've had countless episodes of Speedy being irresponsible being uh immature and quick to anger and too emotional we've got that down now let's see this thea who has gone through a series of uh experiences that should change her as a person maybe maybe merlin never taught her wilderness survival just hand-to-hand combat but he taught her to take pain <laughs> and to change her environment and he, like, i know it, it, i'm just being like, i i just don't under, but it bothers me even though it's a show and i understand it but you set up a thing like flash what i love about flash is you set up something you stick with it like you know there's certain things that they do with that show and they don't forget their previous uh previous episodes they, they don't forget that it feels like they've totally just, you know, whatever they did in certain scenes, it's totally forgotten. And they're just like, they, they just are moving on without ha- ever having worked on any of those previous episodes. And that's not true because we know the showrunner is very active on this show and he's been there from day one. You know what it could be, too, is a lot of times when you knock just one little thing off track and out of out of place... It can have that butterfly effect on the rest of the production. That feels and, like that for this season. And I think that this season, their their focus on 
Laurel has really rippled out and affected all other areas. Not necessarily directly, but, you know, one thing's off, everything else starts to get, you know, off as well. And I, oh, I'll I, add one. I will add one. You know what you do if you're trying to get this Laurel thing going? Why don't you have her work with Black with um, Wildcat? Yeah. They haven't yeah. had, like, one scene of her for, for episodes training with Wildcat at all. Right, yeah. because... And he, they didn't address the fact that he got beat the hell out of in no. the last episode at all this time. Like, he doesn't... Like, she doesn't go see him. She doesn't mention him. Like, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, that's something you can do with her. Instead of having her try to be thrust upon Team Arrow, have her work with Wildcat. And that'll be kind of the thing of Wildcat is training her and working with her, and she has a partner who hasn't seen her when she was at her worst. Like, Oliver has seen her at her worst, so he can't see past that, and he worries about her. So you have Wildcat going and, and, and working with her and trying to, you know, toughen her up and stuff. I would rather see that then if you're gonna do it. Like if you that's the stuff I would rather see. I would rather see her or I would I swear I would rather see um Razagul's uh daughter straight up go, I love Sarah with all my heart. I can't see you getting jacked up. I'm tired of seeing you getting jacked up. I'm gonna train you. You know, and slowly she, cool. she she's behind the scenes. She's been training her little by little. So she had training from uh, Wildcat, and she gets training from from Nisa. That makes it a little more believable. Yes. Now, how about That's the right. actress gets some real training too? Yeah. <laughs> I have that dude. That's why I say go. That away. would go a long way, I think, to selling it for me. Yeah. So if I you think saw Katie true. Cassidy doing some of those moves that Katie Lotz did. You know, or was, you know, actually her and not the stunt woman who's uh, like almost a half a foot shorter than her. Exactly. Um, so Arrow kind of a mixed bag this week. but Yes. But... Again, it's like this, I'm saying this every every episode now. I feel myself feeling that way for the last, I would say for the the last seven episodes I've felt that way. Maybe well, more. I got to say for these last three episodes, the Canary arc or whatever they're calling it, um... I really dreaded these three episodes and that first of the three just, I mean, I think I even said something about this show could be jumping the shark. It was so ridiculous. So I have to say though, is out of the three episodes, this, this one was five, far, far cry better than the other two. Mm -hmm. But, um, the only thing I liked really about the second one that I really, really liked was his return. Um, but, this episode, at least, it wasn't boring. It just didn't make sense in a lot of parts. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't think I really, I disliked it. Um, but there was too much that left me questioning. Why are you do? Why, why are you making these decisions in the writing room? It, mm-hmm. There better be some big twist payoff, something that makes up for this coming soon. Uh, otherwise, please just fade laurel to the background well it you know, feels she didn't, like she didn't work as an ex love interest she didn't work right. as a love interest she didn't work as the the uh addicted alcoholic drug addict whatever that that didn't make me sympathize for her character and at this point there's just not a way to redeem that character 
I, I just think that, you know, if you want to redeem that character is just make her a background character for a while. She pops up here and there in the background or in a courtroom or something. And then maybe let her, you know, pop up sometime middle of next season and something has totally changed with her. Um, otherwise, continuing to, uh, I, I was going to say revive, but she was never really, <laughs> there's nothing to revive. They need to just totally re revamp that character or get rid of it yeah i need um, a new woman to be on this show like i i want i'm not i'm one of the ones who i love when a strong woman's on a on oh a i agree show when it's an well and i, I thought was, maybe that was going to be thea i thought maybe she was going to end up being a strong i thought that character. too I, but i i need i need a little older and i need a little i need a little stronger i need i need an older woman to be i don't i don't need them all to be the cw right. you know right. what i mean i would love if they would have Someone to be the counterpart to the cat, you know, to to uh, Laurel's father. Someone around his age that could, you know, be be there and be in this thing with them, kinda. I, I think that would work for me if they had it. I think it would work for me if Laurel had someone had a strong woman, older woman, mature woman that she could talk to about this stuff. I think it had to bring one in. Because I don't think her, the one who plays her mother, I don't think she is available to do a lot of, you know, episodes like that. Right. Because she does other, she does other BBC shows and things of that nature. So I don't yeah. think, it, and she does plays and stuff like that. So I don't know. She does theater. So I don't know if she, they could keep her to a contract for that. She'd be available that long. But I would like somebody being a part of the cast that they add to the cast, who is a, as a. Something like character. a Mignon from uh, from um, Agents of Shield type, you know. Yes, something or something. Yeah, yeah. Experienced and wise, strong mm-hmm. female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she goes away for a while, trains, and comes back as Manhunter. I would, uh, rather than I would Canary. Love that. I would love to for this. I'd be she fine kinda, with she that. She kind of fits that character more a little more than she does Canary. And they armor up her suit. You know, they give her a little, you know, put little things in the suit to kind of give her an edge because she's just not that type of fighter. Right. You know, I, I would she's love She's already that. using the staff, I mean. Right. So I would I would love if they did something like that. They could hook her up. I, I would love that. Well, everybody, um, so Arrow's kind of a mixed bag this week. Uh, we have a Facebook group. It is called the DCTV Podcast Facebook group, oddly enough. If you look, search DCTV Podcast, we are there. And we got a big jump in members recently, up to 143 now. So we're about 25 members behind uh, It's All Connected, the Marvel podcast. DC, DC versus Marvel, classic uh, rivalry. So here's the deal. If you are, or if you recommend the person to who puts us over the top on likes and beat, beats the 168 goal uh, set by uh, It's All Connected, you will be the recipient of a special DC-themed prize. Mm. Mail directly to your home. It'll be very exciting. I'm sure you will enjoy it. But uh, we have to Did get to those. Did you find a refrigerator box for me yet? No. Oh, okay. I know you're looking for one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just you know for the prize packages. Oh, oh no, we're just going to we're just going to let the FedEx people sort that out. But anyway, if we if you are the person who puts us over the top, you win a, a wonderful DC related prize. Depending on which is your favorite show, I will come up with a prize to suit your tastes. But until that point, 
The contest is on. Tell your friends to like our page. I know from the looking at the amount of people who download this show, there are a lot more people listening to the show than there are on our Facebook group. So let's fix that, people. And let's beat those Marvel guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also on our DC uh, TV podcast Facebook, we have a lot of the news that we run down every week on the show. A lot of cool uh, contributors always keeping that updated with all the latest DC movie and TV news. And we ask for your comments, and we got some good ones this week. Uh, John Davis on Gotham. Uh, unless you guys heard otherwise, is it possible that Fish Mooney could be sticking around for a while? Uh, we assume she won't because she's not in the comics, but this is a DC TV universe, so they don't have to stick to the comics. So they keep her around as a foil from Penguin. Your thoughts? Uh, that seems like to be the way they're they're going yeah. with this new thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know that she's in for the long term, but I think she's in for at least the rest of this season. It'll be nice to see the final conf- uh, confrontation uh, that is obviously going to come at some point between her and Penguin. Yeah, you kind of see yeah. it, see it coming. Uh, John also wrote about Arrow. Uh, I'm glad they're tying up some plot threads. Lance knows Sarah is dead. Yes. I thought I liked that too. Uh, Thea knows about Ollie being Arrow. Yes. And the revisionist history of Malcolm Merlin was not a factor in this episode. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Daryl makes every week. Uh, unfortunately, Laurel's Canary is not going anywhere. I think Deathstroke coming back and another not final confrontation with Rush will help the show. But the thing I want to see is some flash riders come over and just add some fun to the show. I think the Adam becoming part of Team Arrow can do what the Flash did for the show when he teamed with them. Also, Central City Cops would mop the floor with Starling City Cops. Yeah, that is, that's true. Those are all those are all good points. True. Okay. Like a point Daryl's made before of Flash is more like a Superman and Arrow's more like a Batman, and you know, there's just not a lot of fun written into a Starling City like Gotham deal, but. I, I I do have to admit that I think more the Arrow episodes where there are bits of humor a, a little more than we usually get are the more fun episodes to watch. So well, sadly, if you with the Batman and the Superman reference, uh, Batman's group that his police force is a lot stronger and a lot more better trained than than the. Uh, Superman's police force. Like, they have more gadgets and more technology to deal with, True. more money. But, uh, you know, Gotham, they got to deal with nothing, like paper paper clips and, and and whatever to deal with. But they still have to beat and fight these dangerous people that they have to deal with every day. So they, they, have, to, they have to toughen up their cops more. They have to be smarter. I think that kind of optimism that the Flash brings to the show when they team up is definitely, is definitely going to come through with... Uh, Brandon right. Ralph's character, and it'll be interesting to yeah. see how that plays yeah. in this environment. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. Daryl, you know, it's very much a Gotham City type thing, so we'll see how that plays. Uh, Carlos Corona asks, with Linda Park showing up on The Flash, do you think they will have Wally West show up too? I think they I, will. You think so? I think I, they will. I kind of thought with the whole thing, with the way they wrote Joe and Iris and everything, that it just left no room for Wally. Yeah, I still feel that our Barry Allen in the Flash TV show is Barry Allen in name only and more Wally West in the way he is, the way he acts and and interacts with people. So Yeah, to a point. Uh Wally was a little bit more of a of uh he was his personality was a lot closer to Ronnie Raymond's 
the way he was in college and stuff, like being that all-star type of college guy, you know, regular, regular dude. Yeah. Plus, when Wally West actually stepped up to become the Flash, like mm-hmm. Barry's legacy was like what really drove him. You yeah, Wally I mean? was not was... a nerd. Wally, Wally no. was not a nerd. He was more of a nine to five type of guy who was a superhero, and that that's he was a blue collar guy. And the cool, I think the cool thing about the coolest thing about that is he was one of the few uh, sidekicks to take up the mantle of his uh, predecessor. You know what I mean? And that really played... I mean, when they first introduced Wally West as the Flash back in the 80s, uh, after Crisis on the Infinite Earths, that was like a huge part of his character, was trying to live up to the legend of Barry. Yep. And yeah. you don't get any Wasn't of that with this. First? So. Huh? Wasn't he the first sidekick to take up? He's the first one I could think of off the top of and my head. And to hold it. like into And actually... to actually take the mantle and like not become Nightwing or something. You right. know what I mean? Or... Um, he permanently right. held that till he died. Because when I was a kid, that used to really bum me out. Like, do you remember Earth Two Robin? Like mm-hmm. he had a Batman costume, but like yeah. the R over the bat. And I'm just like, why didn't he just become Batman? Why didn't he just grow up and? Become... And it always bothered me, you know. Yeah. But you know, with Wally West, he did. So I don't know. We might. I don't know if we're going to see him as Kid Flash, but we definitely might see him on the show. Uh, Sean Rogers, our friend from Louisiana, um, Arrow. Thank God, douchey DJ dude is gone. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> True words and never spoken, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also get the suspicion that Thea and Malcolm are playing Olive. No. I, I wish it was that. I wish it, it was mean, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be cool if it, it were. I don't think she has any reason to play Oliver, though. Well, what if she knows about the being framed and everything for murder? That would give her incentive to play close to the chest with Merlin and play Oliver. Plus, I might, explain, I might explain why all of a sudden her, cha- her mood has changed about Merlin. That would explain it. Maybe Sean is just smarter than all of us and figured it out. If, he pulled, <laughs> if that's the case, I'd be okay. There you go. Because, that would, yeah. Because if that's the actual story, it makes no sense. Yeah. Just yeah. Like it is now, it makes no sense. That would explain it. Uh, on the Flash, uh, Sean also says, I think the idea of Dr. Stein's mind and control of Ronnie's body is an easier concept for non-comic readers to understand than the floating head that Ronnie can see or hear. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, that yeah. would be... Uh, I agree, but the floating head would be cool. Floating head would be cool. If anything, when they do... it's it's. I forgot to mention, though, there was a slick way of... They did a, par- they did a two-parter without it being a two-parter because they... Right at the end of the the Firestone thing, the next episode picks her up right after that, like after the explosion. Yeah, with General Harding. I thought it was a two-parter. It, but it's not listed on on the thing as a two-parter. Yeah, well, I mean, by the, well, the names of the episodes. I mean, one is the Nuclear Man and one is mm-hmm. Fallout. So, I mean, right, obviously right. they're paired together, but you know, not shown on the same night. Uh, Adam Fatah wrote in as well. Uh, about Gotham, it was a solid episode. I felt young Bruce's scenes really didn't belong in the episode. I'm intrigued with Fish Mooney's storyline. Also, Detective Jim Gordon, please lighten up. If Dr. Leslie Tompkins wants to kiss you at work, let her. Damn right. I'd let her kiss me anywhere. Yeah, you damn right. Uh, Adam wrote about Arrow. I'm glad that writers are moving the story forward with Thea and Captain Lance both learning the truth. Uh, that was like the only good part of that episode for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I was actually rooting for Laurel as the canary. Well, that's one of us, Adam. Uh, New Count Vertigo did his job. I can't wait for next week's episode. And about The Flash, I really enjoyed the episode. I liked all the Firestorm stuff in the episode. The writers need to dial back on Barry and Linda's relationship. Right now, it feels feels too over the top. I do like them as a couple. I can't wait for next week's episode. Thanks for writing in. 
over the top. I don't. I don't know if I see it over the top. I don't think I see it that way, but you know, that's the way. It came I think when him. you when yeah. you when you date somebody, when you meet somebody, and they're, you know, you kind of really dig each other in the beginning. It is like that. It's exciting. You're like it's, yeah. you know, you, you just don't meet each other, and it's just, all right. I like you. Let's go on another date. Plus, I'm enjoying watching Iris react her reaction to all of it. Oh, no doubt. Oh, I love the shade. <laughs> I love it. She got to feel it. I love it. Okay, a little bit of news, and we'll park the DC TV mobile in the DC TV cave. Batman the Animated Series, one of my favorite animated series of all time. DC is re- is recasting, I guess, or remaking or re-releasing uh, animated series, uh, Batman the Animated Series figures, including the Batmobile <laughs> that show, mm. which I, I have like three of those Batmobiles from the original run, so... But for those of you that don't, I mean, that's definitely one of the coolest versions of those characters ever. So definitely check that out. You know what? If they're going to do that, they need to, I think they really need to make it more available, those cartoons. As soon as I saw that article and the article on the uh, other toys that DC's releasing, my my wallet cried out in terror. As Thousands of dollars cried out at once and were suddenly <laughs> silenced. We'll get to your Felicity action figure soon enough, buddy, okay? Oh, I fear for that figure. In the, yeah, I do too. In the time uh, since we recorded last time, we had a giant rumor come out that David Ramsey might be actually John Stewart. But then we had the boss, uh, uh, Mark Guggenheim of uh, Arrow, say no. But they do have plans for John Stewart down the road. But Diggle isn't him. Damn it. Which is too bad because that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Kinnaman from The Killing and from the RoboCop remake is now the new frontrunner for Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad. Yeah. I'm totally behind that. He's awesome. Totally behind it. I'd be yes, down with is. that. And as I alluded to earlier, uh, Arrow, Flash, and Constantine collectibles are being made, including a Felicity Smoke action figure. Oh, yes. Is it life-sized? <laughs> it, is oh, no. it. it is not. Oh, no. It is not life-sized. Take it stuff. I'm going to move on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, I mean, all those figures, that whole line that they have coming out, those are pretty good-looking action figures. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah they, they really are. are. Um, Preacher is moving full speed ahead in the production, and evidently Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are looking to cast an African-American actress as Tulip. Interesting. That would be interesting, considering Tulip's upbringing and everything. It'd be very interesting indeed. Um... We also got uh, confirmation this week that Emily Kinney from The Walking Dead, Beth, who just died on the show recently, will be yes. popping up on The Flash as a, version, as a version of the Bug-Eyed Bandit. Which I don't remember that one. Kind, of a, goof, kind of a goofy villain. I've, it gotta be, it's her. I mean, yeah, she, right. Does, does this villain sing a lot? God, I hope not. Mm-hmm. We also uh, found. We also, if you want to go to the DC TV podcast group, you can see a preview of Batman Unlimited: Animal Instincts, the latest Batman animated version uh, that is being put out by WB, which includes uh, Batman, Nightwing, Red Robin, uh, Arrow, and Flash. Interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Stephen Amel, when uh, interviewed at the very same convention where Rich saw him, said that he and the Atom are not going to play well together on the show. Of course not. There's going to be a lot of tension between the way they do things, and it's going to result in some friction between the two. Yeah, especially they like the same girl. Absolutely. They do like the same girl, and they want to protect the same city, but in totally different ways. So right. it's going to be cool to see how that plays out. 
Especially when she walks away from the two of them with me. And then you wake up. Go just keep going. going. Just keep, Jim, just keep. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> um, and finally, I just wanted to announce this. Um, that we are, um, the, the, uh, the DC Comics are going through a really big thing right now. Um, they're going to be, the, the new 52 is kind of over. And the new thing, and the new stuff is coming on. And they're going to be, uh. A lot more story-focused rather than continuity-focused. It's going to be very interesting. And there's a good article about that on the DC TV podcast Facebook group, so go check that out as well. I'm excited for this change. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff coming out. And it looks like they're getting rid of a lot of the riffraff. And, you know, I don't think it's going to totally return to pre-New 52 Days, but it's definitely going to go in a better direction from the things that I've read and been told so. well it's more of a marvel now move like they're shuffling creative right, teams right mm-hmm. um and kind of getting a different feel for different uh, creative teams on different books so yeah, i think that's books. cool i think that's cool and it, you know what if it's good comics that's all that really matters right exactly okay well thank you for joining us tonight for the dc tv podcast uh if you are into the geeky tv and i imagine you would be because this is the end of this show and you've been listening to it for over an hour and a half now <laughs> then definitely check out all our other shows at hhwlod.com including the Whedonverse cast where they're going episode by episode through everything Joss Whedon has ever done uh, Mr. Universe and the Clairvoyant are doing that for you every week uh, we have the It's All Connected podcast that I mentioned before we're having the contest with that cover all the Marvel Studio stuff including Agent Carter right now and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it pops back up and of course the movies that tie into those uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast one of our most popular podcasts about of course the Walking Dead TV show, and uh, the Ichapod Cranecast. Those are all geek-centric television podcasts that you can check out at the HHW Media Network at hhwlod.com. And on top of that, we also have the Black Box from, from Sean Pryor, one of the most listenable, uh, best-listening podcasts that you'll, you'll find out there. Uh, we also have uh, blogs, we have news items, uh, reviews, all kinds of stuff there on the site, so go check it out, hhwlod.com. And once you have exhausted all the podcasting goodness that is there, move on over to the Taylor Network of Podcast.com, where you will find a plethora of podcasting goodness, starting with No Apologies, the flagship uh, comic slash geek, uh, No Holds Barred Discussion uh, podcast. Uh, we also have Nothing's On, where Mr. Gerald Taylor, myself, and professional comedian Donnie Salvo, who is too much of a prima donna to join us today on DCTV, um, talk about television. Uh, there's also Arts and Crap, the, uh, the, the Snark Fest with the comic racks of uh, Amy and Jerry. Um, all kinds of great stuff over there at the uh, Taylor Network O Podcasts. So, until next week where we have four more episodes and our final episode of Constantine Sniff Sniff um, to talk about at DCTV. Thank you gentlemen for joining me on this uh, journey once again and we are you alone?